Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. For so long, I was just always reaching out towards God. Where are you, Lord? But when I heard Andrew's message, it was just like the light bulb went off, and I just like knew God is here with us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. This week, I'm teaching on the power of partnership. And the first two days of this week, it's been primarily introduction. And I've just been talking against rotten attitudes about ministers talking about money. And I know that that is a touchy subject. There's probably a lot of people. I can hear televisions clicking off all around the world because here's a preacher on television talking about money. And there's just a Judas attitude about, you know, Judas, when that woman showed her devotion by pouring this expensive ointment on Jesus' feet and wiping his feet with her hair. Judas said, this should have been sold and the money taken and given to the poor. And it says that he didn't say that because he cared anything about the poor. It's because he was a thief and he wanted the money that was in the bag. Did you know there is just a, there is a spirit of antichrist that fights against everything moral and good. And certainly preachers have uh, uh, inaccurately and for the wrong motives taught on finances to manipulate people into giving to them. And I know that that happens, but there is a truth about prosperity and a truth specifically about partnership. So like I said, for the first two days of this week, I've been primarily countering that spirit of antichrist that comes against ministers talking about money. And regardless of what you may think, I am preaching on this because it benefits you. And you need to know these truths. This is an area of your life. Money is important. You know, money is not everything, but I guarantee you, you can't do anything without money. You need money. I've had a, I heard a guy on radio one time who branded me, called my name, and called me a health wealth preacher, which I consider to be a, a compliment. I mean, why would you want to preach on sickness and poverty? Uh, but anyway, he was using it in a derogatory way and called my name. This was on radio. And then right after his radio program was over, they came on with Christian News and they talked about this man, that exact preacher that had talked against not only me, but all health, wealth preachers. And he had moved into, I forget the exact amount, but it was millions and millions of dollars. He had just moved into his brand new home that had an indoor Olympic-sized swimming pool, and I think it was somewhere around $8 million. I live in a $60,000 home that I built 30-something years ago. Now, we've added to it and, and put siding on it. It's, it's worth more than that now, but I'm saying that's what I paid for it. I'm not using this money for just me and things. But I do believe in prosperity. I believe it's part of what Jesus died to produce. And so anyway, let me get into talking specifically about partnership and how this benefits you. In Philippians chapter 1, in verse 3, Paul said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Now let me just stop right here and say that, you know what, I'm a minister. I've been traveling for 51 years. I've been in hundreds, thousands of places, many different countries, And you know what? There's some places that every time I think about those meetings, the churches that I went to, the people that I met, 
Man, I just praise God every time I think of them. But then there's other places that, man, I've tried to forget. It was a bad experience. Uh, I don't believe that Paul did this for every single person. He was writing to a special group of people in Philippians, and as I'll go through here and show you, I think it was because their partnership, because of the way these people received him, and not only personally received, but enabled him to go and reach other people. So look at this, and again, in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. This word fellowship right here is the Greek word koinonia, and it literally means partnership. That's what the word means. He is thanking God for their partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now. And over in the fourth chapter, I'm going to uh, talk about some other scriptures before we get there, but in the fourth chapter, you see that these people supported him. Matter of fact, this was the only church that supported him after he left the local area. Now, it's one thing when a minister comes to a place and you give because you're in the service and you receive something or you go buy a product and you give, but that is you, in a sense, paying for what you're getting. But when you start giving beyond what it costs for you to receive and you start giving so that the minister can go and share the gospel with somebody else, now that's partnership. You are, you are giving beyond what it costs for you to receive, and you are equipping that minister and sending them someplace else. That's partnership. And this is what Paul is talking about. He says, I thank God for you. These people were partners with him. And it says, let me just skip over here to Philippians chapter 4. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's the point that I'm making. He says in verse 15, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again, that's old English, you sent twice unto my necessity. And then he says, I'm not saying this because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul wasn't saying this because he had been benefited personally. Even though that had happened, that wasn't his motivation in saying it. He was saying this because he wanted them to receive the full benefit, the fruit of their giving. And he was praising God that these people had given, not just because it had helped him, but because it was going to come back unto them, as I used the other day in Mark chapter 10, a hundredfold in this life. And so Paul was rejoicing because these people were his partners. They had given unto him even after he left. And it, Paul said, you are the only church that ever did this. Did you know, as bad as I think some things are in the body of Christ today, we have fallen a long ways from the New Testament church. But in this respect, I think that this is something that we are doing better than the New Testament church did. And that Paul said, that out of all of his travels, we don't know exactly how long he ministered. The scripture doesn't show us when he died. We have extra biblical uh, information about that. But as far as the scripture is concerned, we don't know. But it was probably 30 years or more of his ministry 
And during this bit of time, he traveled the world. He, he did it at great expense to himself. He even had to make tents in many places, work a secular job to support himself and the people that traveled with him. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was put in prison. Uh, and on and on it goes. And he gave up all of this. And yet out of all of these people that he ministered to, the Philippians were the only people that ever sent money to help him after he left the local area. I think that's tragic. Today, we do better than that. Man, I've got partners. I've got 40, I think it's 43 or 44,000 partners that help me and help me to send the gospel all over the world. Did you know that's better? Now, of course, we have a lot of different communication things today that they didn't have back then. There may be other reasons for it, but I'm saying that that is one of the most tragic scriptures in my way of thinking in the Bible is Philippians chapter 4, verse 15, where he says they were the only people that ever gave money to Paul after he left the local area. They are the only people that partnered with him and enabled him to go reach other people. And that's sad. But this is the reason that he rejoiced every time he thought of the Philippians for their fellowship or partnership in the gospel. The book of Philippians was written to Paul's partners. And I think it's important for us to recognize that because some of these scriptures that we use all of the time and we just apply it to every single person, it really doesn't apply. Paul was writing to partners. For instance, look in the very next verse, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing that he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Man, I hear people use this all of the time and say, I am confident that God is going to continue the good work that he began in you. Well, let me say this. I know that God wants to continue the good work. I know that that is God's will. God is not willing for a single person watching this program right now to lose the things that God has spoken to you and done in your life. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God is a good God and He wants to continue and perform that good work that He began. But I am not confident that every person watching this program is going to have God perform it. Not because God doesn't will to do it, but because we have to cooperate. God's will doesn't just automatically come to pass in your life. Jesus said it this way, Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. You've got to participate. You've got to seek the Lord. A passage of Scripture that's become very popular, and you'll hear it quoted a lot. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Or I think it's the NIV that says a hope and a future. And people quote that all of the time. And I do believe that God has good plans for every person, every single person. But not every person is going to experience those good plans. You know why? Because in verse 13, he goes on to say, Then you shall seek me, and you shall find me, when you shall search with all of your heart. Yes, God has good plans for you. God never made a piece of junk. It is not God's will for a single person watching this program to live a life of struggle and hurt and pain. He has good plans for you, but it doesn't automatically come to pass. You have to cooperate. You have to seek the Lord. And likewise, over here in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, yes, God has good plans, and He wants to continue and complete the work that He's begun in you, but 
It's not going to automatically happen. You have to cooperate. You know why Paul was able to say this to the Philippians? Because these people had moved beyond just takers, people that were selfish and that were using the gospel and the freedom that God gave them just to set them free. These people had gotten free themselves, but then they had gotten to where they want to see other people set free, and they became partners with the Apostle Paul. They sent money and helped him twice when he was in Thessalonica. And also, you can turn over to the 28th chapter, excuse me, the, yeah, the 28th chapter of the book of Acts. Well, in the 27th and 28th chapter of the book of Acts, you can find that Paul was in Rome, and it said that he dwelt two whole years in prison, but it wasn't in a uh, prison with all of the other people. He had a hired house that they gave him freedom. He was under house arrest, but he had to pay for a house. Now, how does a prisoner pay for a house? You know, the Scripture doesn't explain it, but the only people that Paul said were ever partners with him were the Philippians, and they sent unto him. And I don't know if it was the Philippians only. There might have been some others, but I can guarantee it was people that Paul had ministered to that enabled him to pay for his own imprisonment for two years. He certainly wasn't able to work. He wasn't making any money himself. It was the people he administered to who became partners with him and paid for his housing and allowed him to live in a hired house for two years. You know, it doesn't say it in those words, but it does say that he lived in a hired house. That was his house arrest. And where did this come from? It came from people. It came from partners. And so these partners, these were partners. And Paul, because of these people, because of the way that they had, you know, as I was sharing in the beginning of this week, that if you can't trust God in this area of finances, then you can't do the greater things. These were people that had begun to trust God. They had taken of their own money, their own resources, and they were giving and helping the Apostle Paul so that he could go spread the gospel in other places where people wouldn't support him. And because of them being partners, that's the reason that Paul said, I am confident of this very thing, that he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You can't say that about every person. You can say God wants to do good things in every person's life, but I am not confident that it's going to happen because you have to cooperate. And one of the ways you cooperate is to start trusting God in this area of finances and becoming partners with getting the gospel out. Man, that is powerful. And you know, I know that there's people watching this program all over the world. We've got 4.2 billion people who could watch this program if they want to. Anywhere in the English-speaking world, plus we've got, you know, this program is translated into Russian, it's into Farsi, it's into all of these different languages. We've got millions and millions of people that are, that are hearing this in a different language. And so there's people all over the world and I know that God wants to do good things in your life, but it's not automatic. You have to cooperate. And going back to the verses that I was using on Monday of this week, he says, if you can't trust him in this least area of finances, then you won't be able to trust him in other things. You can't go on to maturity without dealing with this area of finances. And one of the things that you need to do is to become a partner with the ministry with not only my ministry, but you just need to become a partner in getting the gospel out. 
Look at it this way. You know, it takes money to be on television. We spend somewhere around $1.4, $1.5 million per month in just television and radio time. It takes money. And then we have to send out all of the materials, and so it costs that much again. We probably spend $3 million or more on staff, materials, and, and paying for it. Well, it has to be more than that. It's probably four to five million on just staff and the materials that we send out and the television and radio time. I mean, it's probably five million dollars a month and it costs money to get the gospel out. So, how does God get that money to me? I don't have any way of making five million dollars a month. You know how it happens? It happens through partners. Now, we have a, a, we have a percentage of people that will write in and say, I want this teaching on the power of partnership. And, you know, we ask for an offering of any amount, but we don't deny people access to it. Actually, there's 53%. The last stat that I saw was 53% of the people who send money into us and get materials, they don't give a thing. They ask for it free, and we supply it. So that means 47% of the people they give enough to cover their materials, but then we also have 43 to 44,000 partners who partner with us on a monthly basis. These are people that their life has been touched and they have been so blessed, they want to see somebody else blessed. And they really believe that the gospel that we're presenting, these truths that we're presenting, have the potential of changing not only other people's lives, but even our culture and standing up against the ungodliness that's happening today. And so they have become partners. They see this ministry as a vehicle, a way of spreading this truth beyond what they could do on their own. And so we have partners that give. And, you know, our partners provide. I, for, I don't know the exact amount, but I know it's over 25%. I think it's somewhere around 30 to 40% of all of our income comes from partners. I would really like for it to be much higher than that. Actually, it ought to be that every person, every person not only gives enough just to get what you need, but you need to become a partner in getting the gospel out. And let me share this verse with you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I mentioned this the other day just in passing, but let me turn over and read this to you. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he said in verse 1, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So Paul here is giving inspiration, under inspiration, is giving instructions that we should lay by on a weekly basis what God has prospered us so that when He comes, there wouldn't be any gatherings to be done. In other words, the money would already be set aside. You know, I mentioned earlier in the week that I went to this church in Charlotte, North Carolina with Pastor Dean Meldon, Freedom Christian Center, and I went there for 34, 33 or 34 years in a row and did their camp meeting. And this is the very first year that I'm not going to be there for this camp meeting, but my good friends... Uh, Ashley and Carly Terradez, who their daughter, Hannah, was miraculously healed, and they have come to our school. They've worked with me. They now have their own ministry, and they are traveling. They're seeing great miracles happen. 
awesome things happen. They are going to be doing the camp meeting this year for the first time. I won't be there. But my point is that I have been going to that church for 34 years. And you know, one of the things that Pastor Dean did was on the Sunday after I finished my meeting and I was gone, they started a collection for the next year's uh, meetings. And they had people, they received a collection every year for this. And they gave great uh, offerings. They varied a lot of times, but I remember the first time they went over $100,000 that they gave me for a five-day meeting. And one time, I think we had over $300,000 that they gave me. And you know why? Because those people didn't just wait until I came and then gave an offering. But this church of approximately 100 people, hundred and I think the most we probably ever had in the church was a hundred and maybe fifty people or two hundred maximum, but we would have up to maybe a thousand people come to the meetings. But those, those church members would every week set aside money. This is what Paul is encouraging people to do here in 1 Corinthians 16 too. And one of the reasons is because you will wind up giving much more. You will wind up having more seed in the ground and therefore you will reap a greater harvest if you do it deliberately and on purpose and if you do it consistently. You know, my wife and I, we take everything that we get, our salary and anything that people give us, and we automatically put 25% in what we call a give account. We have a special checking account and it's a give account and 25% of everything we get goes right in there. Now we give a lot of money beyond that. I'm not going to give you specifics, but I had thousands of dollars just given to me in the last week or two uh, because of my birthday and people gave me thousands of dollars and I didn't need it and anyway I sat on it for a while and I wound up sewing thousands of dollars into our CBC students to help pay tuition and and graduate and things like that. So we give, some, sometimes we have given as much as 90% of what we receive away. We don't do that all of the time. But anyway, I, we set aside on a weekly basis at least 25%. We give more. And because that we do that, I can guarantee you we give much, much, much more money than we would if we just, you know, every once in a while had an opportunity, somebody sends us a letter, we go to church and they ask for something. We give much more because we do it deliberately and on purpose. And this is what the Apostle Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 16 too, that on the first day of the week, you should set aside, this money should be dedicated to the Lord. The scripture calls it the first fruits, not the last fruits, not the leftover fruits, not whatever we have extra fruits. The very first fruits. When you get money, the first thing you should do is set aside a portion of that and do it deliberately so that there won't have to be any, you know, when a special offering comes, you say, oh, I wished I had some money for this. But no, you've already spent it. Well, I'm out of time today. We're going to have to continue this on my program tomorrow. Let me mention that I've got this teaching on the power of partnership on CD and DVD. We have a DVD with five testimonies of people that have proven this in their life. I mean, have come from adject poverty into prosperity. And then we also have this book entitled Financial Stewardship. If you'll listen, our announcer will give you that information. And please call or write today. 
I want this ministry to prosper and I want it to go as far as possible. I'm receiving so much from the ministry. I have to be a blessing to this ministry. You get to a point where it's like, what can I do for this ministry now? As opposed to not, what can it do for me? What Andrew's doing, I'm doing it with him when I partner with him. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when Jamie and I were it. I would run the sound while she was doing the praise and worship, and then she'd come back and run the sound while I was preaching. We did it all ourselves. Now we have so many people helping us, and it couldn't happen without you. It's very true. We're very thankful for our partners and what they're doing, and you're going around the world too, and everything that this Amen. ministry does. Amen. So we just wanted to say a special thank you and uh, we love you and every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're gonna share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. If you're not already a partner, you can become a Grace Partner today by calling our helpline or going to awmi.net. As a thank you for becoming a partner, Andrew would like to offer you the CD album of today's teaching on the power of partnership as his gift to you. Also available today is the Power of Partnership Package, which includes the Financial Stewardship Book, the Financial Breakthroughs DVD, and your choice of either the Power of Partnership CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $55, but you can get it today for only $39. For those of you who would like to be partners with us, We've got a lot of things going on, and the thing that right now that the Lord has really laid on my heart is to get our parking garage paid off as quickly as possible. We actually have a $23 million loan on that 1,022 space parking garage. It's five stories tall, and I tell you, it is such a blessing. We are using it. It's a godsend, but we need to get it paid off. And the Lord laid on my heart to just ask for 23,000 people to give $1,000. And I know that that's a lot of money for some people, for other people, it's not a problem. But you know, if you gave $100 a month for 10 months, it would only take 10 months for us to come up with that. And if we get this paid off within just the next few months, I'll save nearly $7 million in interest. And if the Lord has led you to join with us, we have what we call a 1K club, and you can contact us. We have the number on your screen. Let somebody know about it because we need to designate this money towards that. But we believe that we're getting our parking garage paid off quickly. And thank you for being a part of this. Join with Andrew and become part of the 1K Club today by going to awmi.net or calling our helpline at 719-635-1111. Remember, you can order materials, become a Grace Partner, or join the 1K Club by going to awmi.net. Or you can call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'm the president and founder of Karis Bible College. And on August 2019, we are going to host Kingdom Youth Conference. We're going to have Todd White as a speaker, Joseph Z, 
Ryan Edberg, and we're also going to have the band Verses, Bread of Stone, and Shonlock doing praise and worship. And I just believe it's going to be a great time for youth. We are excited about them coming to our new facility. You will be blessed by it. Remember, it's Kingdom Youth Conference right here in Woodland Park, Colorado. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'd like to encourage you to check out our Gospel Truth TV. You've got well-known people on there like Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Jesse Duplantis, Keith Moore, and it's a safe place to be. You are going to be blessed. So check it out. It's 24-7, gospeltruth.tv.